All In Podcast Show is home to the top entrepreneurs, innovators, and world changers sharing their breakthrough moments and how they are changing the world. We will bring mentors into your world who can help you find balance and build a bold life of excellence with your host, Daniel Giordano. Get off the sidelines. Get all in. And join us at www.allinpodcast.com. Okay, I want to welcome everybody to the All In Podcast Show today. And and, uh, today I have a special guest for you that's going to share um, an amazing message um, on the the power of, of being able to sell um, and also be able to, uh, you know, uh, create the life that you want. Um, and I want to welcome you to the show today, Aaron. Uh, this is Aaron Jenks, and, and I am excited to share his message with you um, today. Um, Aaron, welcome to the show. Happy to be here, Dan. I'm pumped. Awesome. Well, I, I um, uh, you know, like I shared with you before, I, you know, I'm, I'm humbled that you reached out to be on the show, um, and I'm excited to hear your story and, um, you know, how you... Um, have been on your journey in life and, and the impact you're having in other people's lives. So, uh, so today I'd like to start us off with you know a little bit of you know your humble beginnings, you know where you came out of, and, and a little bit about your upbringing. Well, I was raised in a uh, by a single parent, and my mom was an entrepreneur lady, and my dad lived in another state because he was in the timeshare business, and we lived in Georgia, and he lived in Florida. But I was still very, very much influenced by him and my mom and both being in sales-related industries. So as I was growing up, that's all I knew. As a matter of fact, my grandfather my, on my dad's side would program us grandkids and say, what do you want, you know, ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'd say, I want to be a salesman because that's what he told us to say. Because he taught us that as being a salesman, you controlled your own destiny. You'd never be out of work. You'd always be able to make money selling something as long as it was legal, moral, and ethical. So I was kind of ingrained with that, even though as I was coming along, I was always a bit of a rebel, never liked to learn what people wanted me to learn. I wanted to learn what I wanted to learn, and therefore I didn't do good in school because I didn't want to learn what they wanted me to learn. I just didn't care. I said, well, what am I going to use this for? And the teachers would always tell my mom, you know, he's exceptionally bright. He's one of these kids that just bored. It's too easy, blah, blah, blah. But he doesn't ever apply himself, yada, yada, yada. So fast forward, I did graduate on time. But by the skin of my teeth, I graduated, Dan, believe it or not, with a 1.999. Hmm. I mean, that's as close as you can get <laughs> to, to not graduating. So I graduated, enrolled in a community college because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. And then I thought, well, what am I doing this for? Because this is more of the same. So I, I dropped out of that. I mean, I must have been to two or three, cla- two or three classes, and that's it because I, it was pointless to me. So I got a job with a, a Fortune 500 company that sold advertising, marketing to businesses. And so I was an errand boy, dropped off invoices, dropped off copies of ads, proofs. You did just stuff that you know, other people didn't want to do. And I did that and made, I don't know, 10 bucks an hour or something until I got an opportunity to do a re-sign up with a client. And I ended up signing them up and then selling them more. So they said, oh, that's pretty cool. Why don't you go ahead and try to sell some things? So I did in my first my first cycle out selling, I did more new clients than anyone had ever done. Hmm. And I broke all kinds of sales records. 
because of the fact that I did want to learn about sales, and so I studied it thoroughly, but it didn't come natural to me. I, mean, I was so afraid to go out and call on businesses that I would you know, feel like I was going to vomit, and I would just, I remember sitting in my car, and I'd be so afraid, I'd be sweating, I'd be, okay, I'm going to do it in 30 seconds, I'm going to get out, I'm going to get out and do it, and I would just be paralyzed by fear, because I'm naturally an introverted person, believe it or not. I just have acquired the skills to be able to turn on the switch when I need to, and I said, I'm going to learn this sales thing. I'm going to listen to as many tapes, and, and I'm going to study guys like Zig Ziglar and, and go to their seminars, and I just immersed myself in it, and then, and luckily, I had family that were all great salespeople. You know, my grandfather, the one I mentioned, was he kind of invented the timeshare industry in the way that it sold. He was the, the uh, president of the largest timeshare company in the world. And back, you know, and, and invented the way they sell. Of course, now today they've changed it the way they sold it, but it, still the structure is the same from what he put together. So that was taught for me to a long time. And I put myself in it, fully immersed myself, and I got results. I did really, really well and broke all kinds of records. They made me, you know, manager, regional manager, executive sales trainer, and, and I got bored with that because it became so easy and I got off into real estate investing at 19 and I was still working with the company and they let me do what I wanted to do because I, I produced and so it really wasn't like having a job because I was I just did what I wanted to do and we, we got results and they left me alone and I was able to spend a lot of time real estate investing did real well was making a, you know more money than a kid that age should and also was spending it. And I mean, I get checks that are as quite frequently, you know, multiple times a month that are more than most people make in a year. So I was living high on the horse. And when the real estate collapse happened, the way that I bought houses also changed. And by this time, I had quit the corporate gig. And the, the since that way changed, I really didn't know what to do. I didn't, wasn't sure which way to go. So I just kind of became you know crippled not knowing what to do because oh, well, I can't buy houses that way anymore well I have money so I just lived off that money for a while but then the money dried up I was prideful wouldn't go out and get a job because here I was this big shot guy in my own eyes who was making all this money do all this stuff and so basically went flat broke 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 couldn't afford food went on food stamps with you know I had a wife and kids and I said you know I can't live like this so I, I got back to it. I figured out how to make it work in real estate. I got back into sales, um, you know, tried to do some corporate, do some more sales training gigs in conjunction with my real estate, did that. Basically, I did the same thing I did to become successful in the first place. I just learned, you know, maybe to switch the maneuvering away I acquired properties. And, I, and I, I figured it out by taking what I did know and just getting back to it and figuring it out. And so I did. And I got to the place where I didn't need to work anymore. And uh, I started a podcast because, candidly, I was bored, Dan. Mm -hmm. And I coaches started to reach out to me. I interviewed over 300 online entrepreneurs. And I did, didn't know really what to do because everybody was starting podcasts, and I did too. And everybody was interviewing people, so I did too. And I've changed the theme of the program two or three times, but ever you know, people noticed that I was always mentioning sales. When I was I was interviewing these people, 
I was, I'm a hard guy to impress. So I was thinking, what am I doing interviewing these guys? I, mean, I make more money than most of these guys do. They should be interviewing me. <laughs> so, so I flipped it up. I said, you know what? This is not really me. I'm a sales guy. This is what all, so I'll bring it back to sales again. And so I started to do online, uh, I, I'm sorry, to do live sales mentoring with people. I bring somebody on, put them in the hot seat. They tell me what they sell. I tell them how to sell it better. And, you know, here I am, fast forward a year later, we're rocking and rolling, and I'm, and I'm helping now coaches all over the world in client acquisition. I mean, to where I get them going, and, and they make, you know, $10,000 in their first week. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's uh, by teaching them sales skills, how to go out, prospect, get clients, set up marketing automation, and then convert those people on a sales call. That's where I'm at now, Dan. That's, that's awesome. So, um, so let's, let's back up to the time because it was interesting to me when you talked about it. you basically did the same thing that you were doing before, just a little different. Um, but when you were going through the down cycle um, and you had all those skill sets there, uh, what, what was the... Because, you know, to hear, we all hear these success stories of, uh, you know, of, of people that have had massive success and everyone's had, you know, obviously uh, um, ups and downs in life. But I, when I heard that, I heard you say something key there that, that uh, um, you basically did the same thing you already knew. Mm -hmm. and, I did. Yeah. And, and what was different for you this time when you built up, you know, your real estate investment and, and the other things that you were working on? What was different for you? Well, you know, it came down to attitude, and I had a bad attitude because I thought, well, I can't do things the way that I did, and I, it, you know, when you have stinking thinking, everything else stinks, mm -hmm. and because it's like, have you ever noticed that when things are good, they get better, and when they're bad, they get worse, but really, it's got nothing to do with what's going on out there, but everything to do with what's going on between your own two ears, and that's what it was with me, so... I realized that, and I said, I'm just going to get back to it. I'm going to figure it out. And that's what I did. It really wasn't that big of a deal, but I didn't know that until I actually started to go out and try again because I just thought, I can't get houses like that anymore. Uh, there's there's no equity in houses. Pe you know, Everybody's upside down, so there's nothing for me to do. So I, I don't know what to do. So I was I was stuck. I was I, My legs had been chopped off in my mind. <laughs> until I realized that I'm going to figure it out that there's got there's somebody out here still doing deals so if they can do it I can do it or, or, or I'm going to go and and help uh, organizations and sales too so I could do that and I, I know I could do that so I found some of them and I you know did some houses I did just basically the same thing I did before but I just went and figured it out because I had to change my attitude and realize that in good economies there's always somebody going broke and there's always somebody making money in bad economies there's always somebody getting rich and there's always somebody going broke so i could be either one of them and it had to do with the way that i was thinking hmm right and uh you know it's it's powerful to to see that you know you were able to make that shift and recognize it um and be able to leverage the skill sets that you had that had helped you uh, reach a certain level prior to. Um, you so, know, it, it, Dan, uh, my dad, he taught me. He kind of ingrained that in me. That it's like, look, you're you're not a doctor. 
You're not a lawyer. You're not a, a, a plumber, you know, but your skill set is selling. So that's what you know. So like my dad, he was in the timeshare business, has his own timeshare company. So he said, yeah, I could have done a lot of things, you know, but I ever since I was 18, because his dad was timeshare king. So ever since I was 18, and this is my dad speaking, he was in timeshare. So it would have been foolish for him to at, you know, 25 or 30 years old or to go and switch, to go get into something else when he already had so much momentum and knowledge built up into something. So there's something about sticking with something that's very important in life. Not to say you don't shift and you don't make changes, but that you stick with something. You have to have faith that you've been on this path for a reason, that you've acquired these skill sets for a reason. I never imagined that I would have a, a successful business teaching coaches what's a coach you know how to get how to get clients but it, it was it's, it's the same skill sets that I had when advertising and marketing to get clients is the ones that they need it's the same thing it's just that if these people I found a, a problem that they a lot of them have and they're great at what they do they're a health coach they're a personal trainer they're this that and the other but they don't know how to get clients so here I am today off of what I learned, and I really love it, Dan, because I feel like you know, all these people, they're all doing good. They're all heart-centered. That's one thing I like about coaches. And it's enabled me to influence the influencers, and the more clients they get, the more they help the world, and it's a whole full-circle thing. Hmm. Right. And that's you know, I mean, and it's powerful. And you know, what's interesting is that you shared that you started the podcast and you've rebranded a few times and, and changed gears a little bit. Uh, to, you know, because you were kind of, fi I guess, you know, to put it one way is maybe you were figuring out what the end message was going to be. And ultimately it led you to where you're at now, where you're having success with it. Uh, That's right. Yeah. I had no idea, Dan. I was lost, Dan. Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> I just started a podcast. Everybody was interviewing. I interviewed and I didn't even know how I was going to monetize it. I had a lot of ideas, but uh, nothing really concrete. And I figured it out, man. That's one thing, you know, I heard, do you ever watch Shark Tank? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, uh, I think Barbara, you know, the one with the short hair, the lady? Right, yeah. I heard her say this the other day, and it really is so true, and I, it's been what I've done, probably what you've done, a lot of people have done that have been successful, is she said she's noticed that the successful people are the ones who don't have all the answers before they walk through the door. That they just, they go and they'll figure it out. And... Right. That's what's what the podcast, that's what everything has been all about. I just said, I'm going to go do it, and I'm going to take whatever I know. I don't have all the answers now, but I know I'm going to get it figured out eventually. And, and it happens, man. It just happens that way. You don't need all the answers. Right. Yeah, that's powerful. So um, so tell me a little bit about the impact you're having with the, this program now that you're, you're doing. Is this a one-on-one uh, -on -one scenario, or is it, are you doing you know, any type of events? or How does that work? So I started with one-on-one, -on -one, but that is very laborious and mm -hmm. because you end up saying the same thing <laughs> to different people over and over and over again. It makes you feel like you know you want to go look for a rope somewhere in a high place. <laughs> <laughs> so I combined and, and do a group mentoring. I, I don't call myself a coach because when you have a coach, you have clients, and when clients denotes a fiduciary relationship, and, and I, don't, I, I have the right as your mentor to kick you in the butt. Mm -hmm. to get you in gear. If you're my client, well, I got to treat you nicely. So mm -hmm. I call myself their mentor, maybe some, some folks, potatoes, potatoes, but to me, there's a difference. So 
with these people, I have them all in a group mentoring. I take them through an eight-week process, which covers lead generation, which covers you know prospecting, which covers closing sales on the phone on the on the phone call when you do what's called strategy sessions. I cover you know automation. I cover framing. I cover getting your prospects qualified, and uh, and then how to how to have a program that's sellable. It's one thing to sell, and then have, not have something that's sellable. You could be the world's greatest salesperson, but not know how to not have anything sellable, and you're you're still stuck. Because I don't believe that a great salesperson could sell anybody anything. I think that's a con man. Mm-hmm. That a great salesperson sells something that people really need. They sell to their pain. Like you have a pain point, and I'm going to come and give you the the antidote to the pain. Um, not one of these old sayings that they could sell a ketchup popsicle to lay white gloves. That's just con man manipulation right. stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's awesome that you're, you've worked through that process and then you got a real solid business and impacting people that, that, you know, really, uh, you know, is in alignment with your, your calling and, and really just, uh, getting out and influencing the influencers. Like you said, I love that statement, um, as well. I never um, had any idea, Dan, that this would yeah. happen. I mean, just this business alone puts me in the top 1%. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had no idea that this would happen like this, but I just took what I knew and went to I found what the marketplace wanted, and here I am and it's actually turned into a great passion of mine. I mean, I I love it. That's yeah, that's incredible. That's and that's fun. So, and uh so speaking of fun, what what else do you do for fun besides bi- accidentally building businesses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's what that's what I do. I uh, for fun I play guitar. Uh, I I love music. I've always been a musician, and I'll make some music here and there and, and things like that. And I have four ugly kids, so I play with them and <laughs> and, and I do that. But you know, as you know, when you have a large family. You know, if you're not working, you're spending time with your your kids. You're helping your wife, or, or you know, the million and one things that go along with that. So, there's not a ton of free time to do to do this. I mean, I, I probably work 85 hours a week, but I do it from home, so I'm still here and I, I'm able to be there. You know, but it's not a lot of free time. Now mm-hmm. I work out too. That is that's something I love to do. I work out late at night. Because my schedule is such that I can set my so I wake up about ten in the morning, but I go to sleep like at two at night. Mm-hmm. So I, I usually go to the gym like at midnight when there's nobody there, and I'm able. To, it's very therapeutic for me. So I'll go and shoot baskets at the at the gym and, and play by myself and think and get your cardio up, and then I go and do some weights and and uh, it's a great time to de-stress. Right, that's good. So so your uh, your typical day then doesn't start like most. No, that's good. Not at all. It starts at ten. <laughs> yeah, and, and and that's all relative. It depends on where you're right. at. You know, because obviously, if you're uh, in California, then it's really seven. So, <laughs> so and, <laughs> that's right. And I yeah. have a lot of I have a lot of people who are all see. My people are all over the world. So that's one of the reasons I have to stay up late because right. if they message me or I'm helping them or they're mess, you know, I'm looking and critiquing something, you know. Who knows what the time zone is? So I found that staying up late just works best, and and uh, it allows me to get that good gym time in at night. It does. I'm not one of these people that goes to the gym and I'm, I have to stay up till five in the morning. And when I come back home, and it's pretty easy for me to go to sleep. 
Sure. So, so um, who would you say is like a you know a, one of the most influential people in your life that that really you know, helped you get your your bearings and moving in the right direction? Dead or alive? Uh, either. Well, I would say Zig Ziglar. I actually knew Zig, and he was a friend of our family. My uncle was his his like right hand man. Uh, during the 80s and he actually went Zig went to Michael's wedding and stuff and, and I got the opportunity to have lunch with him and meet him and correspond with him through emails and stuff before he died and he was a great and still is a great influence for me because we have very similar stories and I've just always related to him mm-hmm. a lot and he all also emphasizes you know ethical selling and things like that because you know a lot of people they think of sales and they think of the guy, this high pressure guy who's going to make me buy something I don't want or need. And that's not it at all. Uh, you know, selling it, I believe, is a service. It's something you do for somebody, not to somebody. You help them realize this is something they, they already need. I mean, in other words, we're not creating any false needs here. These, is, these coaches people, these coach people, and they reach out to me and I show them that here's why you're screwing up. You don't know how to get clients. So, it was Zig, and then it was my my mom and my dad. Those mm-hmm. are those would be the two most influential living people to me right now. So my mom, my dad, and Zig. Oh, and my uncle, my uncle, who's the one who was with Zig. So my mom, my dad, my uncle, and then Zig. Okay, we got a whole a whole posse of them, right? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and they're all salespeople. So there you yeah, go. There you go. That- that's all, that, that's. I was. I'm a sales outlier. This is meant for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great. Um, so, uh, from a um, a daily perspective, you shared a little bit about your daily routine um, as far as when your day starts and everything. But what what does the entire day look like for you? How do you, how have you designed your life? There's real no design, Dan. I wish I could tell you that there was something that I wake up in the morning and. I do a ritual and sing Kumbaya and be on the <laughs> yoga mat and all that stuff, but I, I just don't. I I get up. I'm a co- I'm a coffee nerd too, so that is that is a hobby of mine. So I go downstairs and I grind my own coffee that's just been roasted, you know, not very long ago because coffee goes stale within two weeks the time it's roasted. And most of you guys are out there drinking stale coffee. <laughs> and so I I take the coffee, I grind it, and I. I put it in a Chemex and I brew it and I do that rich. That is, I guess, my ritual. And then I, I eat bananas and peanut butter, with sugar-free peanut butter, natural peanut butter. And I put 30, 32 uh, grams of peanut butter. So, th- so I, me- I you know, measure out how much calories and protein I get every day. And then one, and that's my breakfast and one banana. And I have that with my coffee. And then from there on, I'm checking emails and I go forth and, and I do that all day until it's time for me to go to the gym. And I go to the gym, then I go to sleep. Hmm. Okay. So so there is some details in there as far as, uh, you know, um, I was getting to that. You know, we're, we're looking for the details of the day. So, you know, you're really detailed with your health-related things and what your intake is for the day. Yeah, I, I, I went through a period. There's two things here. One time for a year, I documented everything that I did for every minute. So mm-hmm. it was like this. 8 a.m. arise. 8.15, take a shower. 8.45, get dressed. I mean, it was that detailed. Mm-hmm. 
and I did that for a year. And it, and it, when I was very when I was a young man, you know, like early twenties or like twenty one, and probably twenty. Now that I think about it, but twenty twenty same thing. Anyhow, I became very good at time management and knowing that every minute counts because minutes make up hours and hours make up days and days make up weeks and weeks make up months and months make up years and years make up your life. So it all counts. You run your day by the clock in your life with a vision, Zig always said. So I would put all the minutes down and became very good at that for an entire year. So that has enabled me to be very efficient with my time. Well, I did the same thing with health. So now I'm still, I still got some uh, ways to go. But when, when I did the crash and burn, I, I got really fat, really fat. I mean, no muscle, just a, just a fat boy. I got mm-hmm. up to like 260 and I'm oh, six wow. feet tall. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I became a, a fat boy. My wife couldn't even, she used to say she couldn't even put her arms around me when she was hugging me. So I lost a bunch of weight and I hit the gym and I still hit the gym and I still got a little, I mean, I, I'm not a fat guy anymore, but I'm not perfect, but I do track my calories. I try to get 1800 calories a day. I try to get 120 grams of protein. So I didn't, but I was able to do all that because I had tracked my calories for a long time and my macros. And I did that in a diary app that you can use. I think I, it's my fitness pal. Mm-hmm. And I did that for a long time. So now I do it and I, I look at something and I know how much calories it has or doesn't have. So just like with my time. So the lesson is if you start out real detailed with something and later on it becomes automatic for you. It's kind of like with you with martial arts. Like when you're practicing a defensive move or an offensive move, you do it a million times. And then when it comes time for sparring or comes time to a real time when you have to defend yourself, you don't have to think about it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, you train yourself and it becomes a habit and becomes ingrained in you. So it's second. That's right. It's natural. Natural. Yeah. Because when you're when you're in a fighting situation, you can't think, right, Dan? Right. Absolutely. No time for thinking. No time. You just mm. got to, it's got to be automatic. Boom. Wax on, wax off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, wow. Well, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's pretty intense. I've never never journaled like that for an entire year. I have done it for a season. Try for a week, Dan. Yeah, yeah. I have done it for periods, but never never that long. A year would be uh, that's pretty cool. Um, I, I tell my mentees to do it for a, a week, mm-hmm. and, and it literally changes their life. And they send it to me every day at the end of their night before they go to sleep, and and they just say, "Wow, I never knew where my time went." Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's awesome. So. Um, as we get ready to wind this down here, um, what's, what's one thing that you would share with the audience here that, um, you know, that you could leave them with, uh, uh, to be able to, you know, apply in their lives? Well, I would tell them to go out and learn to be a salesperson, even if you don't think that you are, because it's going to help you become an influencer and everybody at some period in their life, they need to influence people. Everybody's actually selling every day whether they know it or not. Whenever you're trying to convince somebody of your position, you're trying to influence them, whether it's your children, whether it's your spouse, it all comes down to sales skills. And also when you learn how to sell, you can always go out and sell something, as long as it's moral, ethical, and legal, 
So I would tell them to go out and learn, get books on selling. It's the best personal development you could ever do in your life. It's going to help you, you know, become a better conversationalist. It's going to be, help you become a better friend because you'll know how to articulate ideas and concepts and ask good questions because the best salespeople ask the best questions. Hmm. And I'd like to clear up the, the misconception people have that they think only extroverts make good salespeople. But this is so true. I'm not the only one who says this, incidentally. But introverts make better salespeople than extroverts because you're back slapping, happy-go-lucky, never met a stranger, tell a story to anybody on the sidewalk, extrovert. They don't listen well. It's all about them. They don't ask good questions. They don't prepare well, and they're messy. So when you're an introvert, you have all those things come naturally for you. You empathize better. You ask good questions. You do all these different things. And in turn, you're able to become a better salesperson. All you have to do is learn to adopt a few of the skills that the extrovert has, like being friendly, having a good handshake, making good eye contact. But once you learn those few simple things, along with some of those sales skills, you can become a very good salesperson. So sales is the best thing that people should do. And if they want sales training, insight into their life and entrepreneurship, they should go to my Facebook group, which is Straight Up Entrepreneurs, where I give it to you straight up. Just go to Facebook, look Straight Up Entrepreneurs, and uh, we have a, a, a nice-sized, thriving Facebook group there, totally free. That, that's great, Aaron. And I was going to ask you that next is how do people find out more about you and connect with you? So well, my that... website's AaronJanks.com. But the best place where I live is the Facebook group. So you could go to my website, which will point you to the Facebook group, but it's all about the Facebook group. I don't ask you for any opt-in, for no email, nothing like that. Just get in there and uh, ask questions, learn, and uh, I can help you the best way I can there because I'm there all the time. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Aaron. I appreciate you taking the time today to, to share your message and uh, your vision and, and that, the impact that you're having in people's lives. and. Just um, excited to hear your story and and, uh, what you're doing in the world. Thanks, Dan. My pleasure, bud. For more information on the links and resources recommended in this show, please visit allinpodcast.com.